0: Hello, Polyam fam, and welcome to Talk Your Poly Off, presented by ilovepoly.org.
1: This is your podcast for ethically navigating your relationships, your community, and yourself
0: for a healthier and happier lifestyle.
1: This is Bella Doll. She is my sunshine full of giggles.
0: And this is Joshua Monsuda, the logic to my emotion and the chaos to my order.
1: So now you know us. Pull
0: up a seat and let's talk our poly off.
1: Hello, Polly I'm fam, and welcome back to Talk Your Polly Off. Hi, Bella. Hello, Monsida. How are you feeling?
0: I'm feeling fantastic. Oh, yeah? Although, I'm a little tired. It's a weird thing this week where my body has released some anxiety, some stress, uh-huh. and so now it's like I'm a two-year-old that wants to take a nap every day. Oh, no. So I actually got a phone call that I've been waiting for for three months now. Yeah. I got my surgery date for my weight loss surgery, and I'm super excited.
1: That's really awesome.
0: Yeah, so April 1st, 2021. They're I'm... pulling a
1: fast one over you.
0: <laughs> April Fool's. Not an April Fool's surgery. We'll see. No, so I was sitting on the couch because I was homesick because my stomach was in knots, and the phone call came through, and I was like, Oh, that's Kaiser. And I picked up the phone, and I was so excited. So, yeah. April 1st is my surgery for my RNY, Roux-en-Y bypass, weight loss surgery. And two weeks before that, I have to be on a liquid diet. It's like protein shakes and water. That's it. So I might be a little bitchy. So that could be fun.
1: Well, that wouldn't surprise me. (laughs) I've been on a liquid diet a couple of times. And I was definitely more than a little bitchy.
0: Yeah, I'll be yeah. angry.
1: Yeah, that'll be great. And I will eat all the food in front of you. No,
0: you won't. No, I won't.
1: <laughs> I'll conveniently need to go pay a bill for 30 minutes or I something. I
0: need to leave <laughs> for some reason. Yeah, and then I'll be off work for six weeks. So nice. it's a good time. I'm excited. Yeah. What's new with you?
1: Oh, I don't even know. I've gotten So really, much. <laughs> I've gotten really into cryptocurrency.
0: Oh, yes, you have. Yeah,
1: so I'm... Enjoying that and learning how to not only purchase it and play with stock market stuff also, but exploring the concepts of geo mining cryptocurrency, it's probably not very fun to talk about for most people. So we we'll just I don't know. About it's kind of it.
0: interesting. This whole like being able to mine the internet waves. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's it's kind of cool. I mean again, it's the coronavirus, so you don't really get to do a lot.
0: Yeah, it's tough.
1: Yeah. But you know this is where we work on ourselves
0: oh i just i did just see a virtual concert for flogging molly they're gonna go live dropkick from- murphy's no flogging molly is
1: it flogging Molly? Uh,
0: yeah it's flogging molly did we watch dropkick murphy's last year yeah oh yeah this is flogging molly live from dublin ireland on oh. on st patrick's day so i think we're gonna buy some virtual tickets and get some t-shirt and a sweatshirt and that kind of thing
1: yeah that'd be fun yeah Alright, so, well, you know, there's a lot of feelings that we're talking about. You're excited about your surgery. I've got so many emotions going. Yeah, so let's talk about that specifically.
0: Well, I'm happy and I know it, so I clap my hands. (laughs) I'm feeling excitement. I'm feeling nerves. I'm happy and joyous. And also, you know, maybe there's some sadness in there with like, The unsure part of going forward. Like, I'm going to leave behind the life that I've been living for the last 10, 15 years. Yeah. And I have to retrain my whole thought process on my life around food.
1: Yeah. Well, and around a lot of things, I'd wager. I mean, food is a big deal in this. Yeah. But activity levels, social interactions, personal stuff even, you know, so... I could see where there's going to be a lot of adjusting.
0: Well, and even like the idea like right now, I'll get off from my day job at 4 p.m. or 3.30 and I'll get home by 4. And typically we can plan like one thing in the evening. We do one thing and then we eat dinner, maybe watch one episode of something and we go to bed. Versus having the energy come home and we're going to go do this. and We're going to go do that. And we can stop real quick for a quick bite, but then we're on the move again. And I've got the energy to keep up with all of that. And I'm not constantly thinking about, is my weight going to get in the way? Constantly thinking about food. What am I going to shove in my face? Things like that. So not only is it like social interactions and food, but time and energy, it's, it's, going to change and it's kind of crazy and I've got a lot of thoughts and feelings and emotions around it.
1: Yeah. So why don't we talk about the thought work that goes into whether you're going through a weight loss surgery or a weight loss journey or, you know, whatever it is that you need to deal with your thought work in order to prepare yourself to handle certain situations.
0: Well, I've got a situation example. Okay. Aside from, from weight loss stuff. So I'm trying to date. Yeah. right now. Right. So I'm back kind of on some dating sites and Facebook dating and trying to strike up some conversations with people, see if I can get that first virtual date to happen. Right. Yeah. And I've got a couple people that I'm talking to. And it's been kind of fun and nice run into a few assholes, which was also kind of funny. <laughs> yeah,
1: we'll, we'll be talking more about that.
0: But I definitely find myself thinking, oh, they're not going to want to. They don't want to really get to know me. You know, maybe they're going to get to know me and realize, oh, I don't really want to date her. She's not going to be part of my life. So I definitely have these thoughts that are holding me back a little bit, maybe. Yeah. And I almost feel like they, like they sabotage, like my own thoughts are sabotaging me. Because I take those thoughts and then my thoughts are creating my feelings around something. Uh-huh. You know, like maybe someone says, oh, do you want to go on a hike when we can meet in person? Oh, okay. My first thought is... I can't go on a hike. I don't have the stamina for that. I'm too big and heavy or whatever it is right now. I can't go on that hike. So then my feelings that come up of anxiety and concern and maybe holding myself back, things like that, aren't because of what the dude said or asked, but because of my own thoughts in my head where I created my anxiety myself. Right.
1: Well, and that's funny, too, that you use that example because you and I have gone on it a- few hikes totally and you did all right
0: yeah and i can i can go to slow pace and lots of water and resting and everything's fine and like mentally i know i can do some of these things but that's that first knee-jerk reaction of my thought
1: right well and i guess it might be different if you're going on a hike with someone you hardly know true and okay well monsana might be all right with slowing down or taking an easier trail But what about this other person? Are they going to be all right with that? Or are they going to get frustrated? Do I need to impress them? Right. Okay. So I can see that there's different levels of thoughts that turn things into feelings. Mm -hmm. Is that the stage we would be at in this scenario? Yeah. And in which would also change the different types or levels or severity of the anxiety or the, Mm -hmm. is that, is anxiety the actual third one? In my circle? Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, so your beliefs, your thoughts create your feelings, which create an action to create results, which lead back to your beliefs and thoughts.
1: So the anxiety is actually part of the feelings. Mm-hmm. Okay. My thought
0: is creating that anxiety feeling. And then because I'm feeling that anxiety, the action would lead to me canceling the date or okay. not setting the date. Because I'm feeling anxious because of my own thought, I end up canceling a date resulting in not finding another partner because people get frustrated with me canceling on them. And then that leads to my belief or thought that I'm undateable. And it's this horrible cycle.
1: So it's almost like a spiral. I mean, like when we we talk about, oh, you're spiraling out of control. This is kind of where some of that might come from is you have this initial thought. And I think of an actual spiral, right? Yep. At the very epicenter of it, you have your initial thought. And then that creates those feelings and then your actions and then the results and the results, even if we're not going in a circle, we're going in a spiral, you're on the next ring out, having a whole new set of thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just keeps going and going and going until your spirals are so big that maybe you've worked yourself out of the idea of dating altogether Mm -hmm. because of this chain reaction of thoughts, feelings, actions, and results.
0: Yes. Yes. Like after that first one, right? Maybe that first one is the example with the hike. And then I talk to another person and there's some other thoughts, you know, and and it's a totally different situation, but it still leads me back to that belief of, oh, I've screwed this up and now I'm undateable again. And it keeps spiraling and keeps spiraling until you ultimately get to the, I'm depressed and I'm never going to find someone.
1: Right. Well, and I, I would figure that what's happening as we're, playing forward in this thought process of thought work yeah, is that your spiral starts small and it eventually circles and circles and it gets bigger and bigger until you're way, way huge circled about this. Yeah. And then we're trying to figure out how to manage our thought work, which is really what we're going to talk about today. We're trying to figure out how to manage our thought work in a way which helps us not further spiral or even go backward on the spiral. Yes. So if we've already gotten way out here in the outer rings of our spiral, it might not be as simple as looking at the original thought that caused all this, or you might not even realize what the original thought is. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're trying to shoot the, the bullseye in this target you've created, and you're trying to do the thought work on that little tiny thing right in the middle, but there's so much outer stuff happening. So it's almost like if you want to undo the spiral, you got to start at your last cycle. Your last thought, feeling, action, result cycle.
0: Like the outer one. Yeah. And work in to the And then small hit
1: each single one, working all the way back in until you get to the very center and you can manage that stuff. It's kind of... Like we've said in the past, go to the root of the problem. Right. You can cut down the branches on an unruly bush all day long, but as long as the root keeps growing, it's going to keep providing more branches.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting that you say that, too, that you have to like work back to that middle point or whatever. If you're thinking about it in a single loop, right? Right. One single thought, feeling, action, result, belief circle. Yeah. Most people, in order to be like, oh, fuck, like, I messed myself up by doing this, most people go to change the action, right? What did I do that messed up this situation? Oh, I canceled the date. So going forward, I won't cancel the dates. But that's actually not going to solve your problem, right?
1: because right, you're still going to have the feelings.
0: You're still going to have the feelings and the thoughts. You have to focus on going back to changing your thought work. And how do you do that? Most people don't know how to do that.
1: Okay, so I think I might have a little something that could help with that. Okay. Ultimately, what we're trying to do with this podcast is help people develop their own emotional intelligence. Right. These are
0: things we've learned along the way, and we want to help other people.
1: Right. We're developing our own emotional intelligence. It's a never-ending cycle. Like, we keep doing it and keep doing it, find ways to improve, and because it seems like something that requires a lot more work in polyamory, we oftentimes encountered people they're like i don't even know what to do i don't know where to go and and of course that's why we do this podcast so if i were to bring it back to your loop i also have a four step process yeah which kind of helps figure out your four step process oh
0: good lay it on me
1: okay so in order to develop emotional intelligence in a way which is clear and helps you process your thought work a little bit you have to identify, use, understand, and regulate your emotions.
0: Okay. So if my emotion is anxiety, I have nerves, anxiety about going on this date. What's your step one?
1: Well, let's... We Am would, I jumping? I'm jumping may, Maybe a little bit. It's okay. We would identify. We would identify what the emotion is. Because when I'm listening to your your loop thing here... Mm-hmm. What I'm hearing is you have a thought, so your brain is putting together, I would say, like logical stuff right. to create a full thought. You're without judgment, without feelings. You're just like, this is my thought. And then once you have your thought formulated, it's almost like you're personalizing it. So you're attaching feeling to it. You're attaching emotion to it. And you're basically putting a lens over your thought, which your thought looks through to see things. hmm It's through that lens that you're looking that you decide to make your action. And an action creates the result.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting about that identifying step too that I just thought about? Okay. If I'm having a thought, what creates my emotion is like what I'm physically feeling. Okay. Right? So my thought, my brain is sending it through my body and I'm having a physical reaction to something, right? So my stomach starts to knot up, my hands get sweaty, my heart starts to race, maybe my cheeks get a little flush and red, and I can then identify that as I am anxious and nervous. Something is Something's weird and it's making me very nervous. Right. And so I'm physically identifying what these bodily feelings are and creating or calling it a certain emotion. Yeah. So that's kind of like your filter where where you're like figuring out what it is.
1: And you can see this in other people, too. If they start reddening in the face, you can tell that they're having some kind of emotional reaction or allergic reaction.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, no.
1: But then once you do that, you want to use, which was kind of my step, too. And this is, this is like how I do it a bit. Yeah. Not the end all be all, but just kind of a, a quick guide, I, I guess. Yeah. Essentially, you want to analyze what's going on. You've recognized that it's there, so you want to analyze what's going on, and you want to register the information of this emotion. So if I'm feeling cold and clammy, what is this cold and clammy feeling? This is anxiety, or Mm -hmm. this is I'm feeling anxious. And you want to register that, and then you want to think about the information that comes with that. Why am I anxious? Because I'm nervous that this is going to happen, or... I've never experienced this thing before. It's bringing up these feelings of uncertainty, that sort of thing.
0: Well, I think once you even identify those things, that'll help you to go backwards and change your thought that made you feel the shitty emotions and feelings too. So that's important to be able to understand what you're feeling.
1: So you get to this point, you want to understand how these emotions connect, how they connect to your thoughts, how they connect to your feelings, how they might connect to the outside world in some form or another. Okay. We don't just want to look at the pinpoint of the problem. We want to look at how it relates to other things or how it connects and how we go forward from this. So you're almost developing the ability to have predictive and preventative measurements in place for future thoughts and feelings like this. Okay. Right? And then the fourth step would be to work to improve You know, your conversation about your feelings through this preemptive adaptation. And this conversation could be with yourself. You know, I, you actually caught me the other day. I was having a hard time getting up for work. I was having a hard time feeling good about things and I was having a hard time being motivated I went and jumped in the shower and I'm in the shower and I'm just having this huge conversation with myself (laughs) and you heard me through the walls and when I got out you're like, so who are you talking to?
0: I didn't know if you were singing along to a song, but you were having this. And I couldn't hear the words. I had no idea what you were saying. I could just hear the sound of your voice. And I was like, man, he's either singing along to something or just really pep talking. Like, I don't know what he's doing.
1: Right. And I was basically running through these things to help me. I guess it's a little harder to try to describe it really generically. But in the sense, once I identify what I have a problem with. I can use that to explain where the problem is happening or what feelings are being generated because of my problematic issue. And then from there, I'm also paying attention to how they connect. Like, man, I really don't want to wake up. Eyes are heavy. I don't feel like I got enough sleep. I'm concerned that I'm not going to do a good enough job at work. Like, what if I start dozing off or, you know... And then you're spending the time to pay attention to how this all connects so that you can bring it around to find ways to improve it. Right. So you're not just trying to fix, like if you have a machine with 58 cogs in it and one cog <laughs> has a broken tooth, you're not just trying to fix that one cog while all the other ones are falling apart. You're trying to be aware of the entire piece of equipment so you can fix the whole thing, not just the one broken cog.
0: Right. So if we go back to my example of this dating thing. Yeah. And I can recognize in the moment. So I've been asked out on a date to go hiking. And I'm having this thought of I'm not going to be able to do it. They're not going to like me. I'm going to fail. I'm all these things. And it's causing my anxiety. Right. Mm -hmm. So what you're saying is that I need to like identify it. Kind of understand how it relates to everything around me. This person who really just wants to spend some time with me. And I need to figure out why. Okay, so I'm physically having this feeling. Why am I having this feeling? Well, I'm afraid I won't impress this person.
1: So right there is your identification. You have fear.
0: Fear, okay.
1: Okay, impressing this person, whatever, it really boils down to fear. So then you're thinking about fear and use that to understand the feelings around that core feeling. I want to impress them.
0: I want to impress them. I want them to like me, right? Yeah. And I think if I take that fear and I kind of combat that in my head and I'm like, okay, well, what's the worst that would happen? Like, so what if he didn't like me? You know, it's just another person. There's 5 billion people, whatever the number is.
1: It's like closer to eight.
0: Yeah. Whatever. You know, it's cool. And I I kind of talk myself backwards the other way. And it's no big deal. It's fun. No one's trying to test me on it. There's no exam at the end to make sure I did a good job hiking up this mountain. Mm -hmm. Nothing to be afraid of, right? I have to talk myself into believing that there's nothing to be afraid of. And then I can revisit my thought. Oh, he asked me out. There's nothing to be afraid of. This is going to be a fun time with quality spent with someone in nature. Right. And I can change my thought to then, and then I don't have that anxiety anymore.
1: Right. So basically when it comes down to it, I mean, there's a little bit of debate on this, but we have essentially five core feelings.
0: Yes. Okay. And I love this. Okay.
1: So we have joy, fear, sadness, disgust, and anger.
0: It's just like the movie Inside Out.
1: Yeah, really. So what we're talking about here is you have fear. Mm Mm-hmm. That's step one. You identified your core. You have fear. Now, the step two would be the stuff that adds on to the fear, the other, you know, secondary or tertiary feelings. Right. You want to impress them. You don't want to embarrass yourself, maybe. I don't
0: want to get rejected. You don't
1: want to get rejected. So there's all of these these things of what you do or don't want. Mm -hmm. Because you know you're afraid, you're trying to identify Use that fear to identify these these other aspects, right? right? So, yes, you are absolutely correct. And then from that, so I'm trying to really just expand this, beat a dead horse. Oh,
0: okay, yeah. I'm just trying to beat a dead horse.
1: So from there, you're trying to see how each of these things connect to fear. And you could even go so far as to rewire them. Like, I want to impress a person. That doesn't have to make you afraid. You're afraid that you're not going to. You want to. So then you'd rewire that to another feeling like joy. I would be happy if I impressed this person, right? And then, so then if you start rewiring these to another emotion, mm-hmm. then... Like a switchboard. Yeah, a little bit. I mean,
0: unplug it from fear and that same thing of impress- impressing someone, I'm going to plug it in over here to Joy.
1: Yeah. And in order to be able to do that, you're, you're doing what you were saying earlier. Like, well, there's nothing to be afraid of because as much as I would like to impress them, if they're not impressed, we can go our own separate ways. And maybe in a couple of days, I'll find someone on the dating site who would be impressed. And that works out in my favor. Right. Right. So it's, that's, that's when you rewire and then you work to improve your conversation with yourself about your feelings, or your conversation with a partner mm-hmm. about your feelings.
0: Or even with the potential date, right? I could be like, oh man, I got really nervous. Like, what if I don't impress you on this thing? All via conversation with somebody. Mm-hmm. And then they could be like, this isn't about impressing me. I'll be impressed just because you showed up or whatever. And that right. conversation in itself might help my thoughts and feelings.
1: Yeah. So I did bring this to the table with the hopes that it would come out more clearly. <laughs> I'm, I'm using this right now. And I kind of muddled through it a lot more than I wanted to because the translation from the brain to the mouth was a little bit broken. So I think we got this unless you have mean, like,
0: No, this totally makes sense. I feel good. Yeah. Good.
1: Let's pass this so I can forget all about it. (laughs) (laughs) No, but this is exactly the thing that I was doing in the shower. Yeah. That you caught me. I was was trying to rewire my process in order to feel better about the day and move on.
0: That's really great. I'm glad that you had a great conversation with yourself.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you eavesdrop on that.
0: I was going pee. It was the A.M.P. time. A.M.P. <laughs> time.
1: The A.M.P. time. For the record, it was in different bathrooms. We have a wall dividing our bathrooms. <laughs> and she was listening in through the wall with a glass.
0: No, I was going pee <laughs> and your shower was backed up to my toilet.
1: All right. Anyway.
0: (laughs) So I also have some stuff on emotional intelligence and management. Emotional intelligence is the capability to recognize our emotions and then discern between different feelings, label them correctly, and then use that information to guide our thinking and behavior, right?
1: Wait. So you just summed up everything I said, but you did it nicely. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: Ta-da. That
1: was so good.
0: (laughs) So let me say it again. Emotional intelligence is our capability to recognize emotions and discern between different feelings, label them correctly, and use the information to guide our thinking and behavior. Yes. Okay.
1: I don't even know why I'm on this podcast. (laughs) You get the same points across in far less words.
0: You're so pretty.
1: I love you. Oh, okay.
0: (laughs) According to Daniel Goleman, this American psychologist. Yeah. There's five components to emotional intelligence. And if you Google emotional intelligence, I'm sure you will come across. Oh, there's tons all of, of stuff. These. Yeah. And they're called different things depending on who wrote the article. But it, it basically comes down to self awareness, self regulation, motivation, empathy, and social skills. Okay. Yeah. So you'll also see them as self awareness, self management, motivation. Um, social awareness and relationship management. So yeah. they're all labeled something a little differently, but they're the same five. So I want to go over them a little bit. Self-awareness is rec- being able to recognize your own emotions and how they affect your thoughts and behavior.
1: Yeah, you want to have consideration of your strengths, your triggers, your values, opportunities, and that sort of thing.
0: Exactly. The self-regulation or management aspect Is being able to control your impulsive feelings, take initiative, adapt to change, that sort of thing. Manage it. Everything that's going on in yourself. Yeah. The motivation, the third one, is having a passion to fulfill your own needs and goals. You have a need for achievement and improvement. That's motivation is that you're looking for improvement. I don't have a better word than that. Yeah. The fourth one, which is empathy or social awareness is your understanding of others' emotions. So you can pick up on cues and recognize power dynamics. You know, you're sitting at a table with friends and you can recognize that someone's uncomfortable or someone's controlling the conversation over there and they're perfectly fine, so I'm going to maybe help this friend feel a little better. You can pick up on those social cues.
1: You said power dynamics, and I was like, which one's the dom and who's the (laughs) sub?
0: I mean, that too. If you go to a club, you can pick that out. True, yeah. But any other sort of social dynamics yeah. that are happening. And then the fifth and last component to emotional intelligence is social skills or relationship management, which is the ability to communicate clearly, inspire and influence others and manage conflict. I mean, there's a lot to it, but those are just some basics. Right. You know, relationship with your family, relationship with partners, you got to be able to manage conflict that comes up. And we did an episode on communication and comprehending. Yeah. That sort of thing is important when it comes to social skills and relationship management.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: I ran through those kind of fast. But again, if you were to Google that, you'd see a ton of information about it.
1: Well, it's like we always say, like we're just talking about our own experiences. None of what we say is the authoritative final say on any of this. Anything we talk about, we strongly encourage that you go out and research it, study it. I mean, like, that's part of how we've gotten along in the poly world Mm -hmm. is, I mean, me especially. I I guess I shouldn't want to speak on your behalf, but... I'm
0: a pro without the research. I don't know what you're talking about. Sure.
1: Okay. (laughs) The only way that I've gotten better was by actively and intentionally learning. Mm Mm-hmm. And that goes for all this aspect of these things. Like, whatever we talk about, I've already tried to do that in my life. Right. And I want to learn how to do it better. So, with with any of what we say, man, research that. If, if, if you have any interest in any specific thing, there's a ton of information right at the end of your fingertips. Totally.
0: Okay, so we talked a lot about identifying our emotions and... The thought process and the loop, you know, the yeah. thoughts, the feelings, to actions, to results, to beliefs, back to thoughts. Yeah. And then you helped us out with understanding a lot of our emotions, where they come from. Well,
1: I tried. You did, you did great.
0: <laughs> but what about taking what we learned about our thoughts and feelings and actually processing through it? We hear that come up a lot like, hey, can we put this argument on hold because I need to process.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think that processing what you're learning here is essential in continuing the management of your relationships, whether it's with your partners or with yourself. I feel like one of the key ways to not process the information that you're receiving or not process your feelings is to avoid it altogether. Right. And I've got to say, avoiding your processing is the worst thing that can happen because you're gonna have to deal with it at some time it's
0: gonna boil back up and the
1: longer you avoid it and the longer you avoid it the more you're feeding that tension or that anxiety or that fear
0: or resentment or, or the
1: resentment or the anger like if you don't process these things sooner rather than later when you finally get around to processing it you're gonna be fighting a huge beast on this
0: yeah i totally agree take it in small chunks when it happens and we throw the word around a lot right processing so what does it actually mean
1: oh yeah i guess i didn't answer that no
0: that's okay you're good
1: (laughs) i'm spot on this week
0: (laughs) processing is the act of stopping and considering the thoughts and emotions and feelings of the event you can process in real time or even after the event happens and the event can be big or small. The event can be a conversation, but with your partner and maybe your partner brought up some things that they're feeling and you're like, holy shit, I need to process what they just said because that just hit me like a wall. Yeah. And that just means stepping back and you know, what did I just hear? Well, I heard them say this and this is what they need and this is what they want. Well, is that something I can provide? And you're just analyzing it. You're really considering everything that just went down and working through it. You do really good, as we found out, at processing out loud verbally, talking to yourself,
1: working oh, I've through things. Known that forever, as you've recently found <laughs> out.
0: Whereas I process things more with writing them down and journaling. And mm. I'm feeling this, and why am I feeling this, and blah blah blah, right. all the things on paper, written.
1: That's a good point that people process in different ways. And find the way which you process best because that's going to be the way that helps you get through your issue
0: Maybe you're a runner and you just need to put on your shoes, put in some earbuds and some music and go for a run and let your mind work through it.
1: Right. But you let your mind work through it. You don't run to avoid. Right. You run and while you're running, you're thinking about all of these things exactly and the key part is without judgment because my old style of processing many 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 years ago was i would judge the living shit out of every single thing whether i was doing it whether someone else is doing it that might be an exaggeration but i had heavy (laughs) judgment right i you know and that's where like all that negative self-talk comes in If I'm judging myself, I'm like, man, you said the wrong thing, you stupid shit. You can do it without all of that judgment and be like, well, that was probably the wrong thing to say, or that was definitely the wrong thing to say.
0: Yeah. And give yourself grace with it.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, when you're recognizing these signs and, you know, Bella has this fear of going on a hiking date and she's recognizing all of those signs. And then you take the time to label each one of those so that you can basically take your giant problem and break it down into smaller manageable pieces yeah and in that way you can focus on each one of those labeled things at a time and then you want to think about how you feel about each one of these little things Mm -hmm. or you want to think about what aspect of the issue is the need to impress somebody or Being hurt by the thing that was said.
0: Or rejection. Right. Yeah.
1: And other steps that we could take to process would be, like we've been talking about, identifying and being aware of what's going on. Staying in that moment. That's very important. Yeah. You have that fear. That's where we want to avoid it, right? You stay in that moment. You sit in that fear. It's not going to kill you. (laughs) And if it doesn't kill you, you're going to live to see it tomorrow and tomorrow that fear may have passed or in five years, there was no reason for any of that fear in the first place. So you want to stay in there and accept it because it's not your enemy. It's your brain trying to tell you that we have things that we need to work on.
0: Right. It's our lizard brain or our prehistoric type brain. You're afraid because you're trying to survive and this is something maybe I've never done and my lizard brain is telling me, uh-oh, watch out.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And in that way, you can help yourself to understand why. Why you're feeling this way. Why it's such an issue for you. Why is this struggle happening? And then address that. we are like, well, okay, so this isn't as scary as I thought it was and it will circle all the way back to what you're saying is you've addressed all of this fear and all of the subsets of emotions and feelings mm-hmm. you've worked through them and now you're ready to say hey I'm going to I'm going to fix this and I'm just going to tell this person hey I'd love to go out on a date with you but I don't know if a hike would be a good first date right. and can we have a conversation about that
0: yeah and then let's say I we have this conversation and I'm like, all right, we're going to do this. Everything's going to be fine. So I changed my thought, which is the top of our little thought process cycle. Yeah. And I'm feeling pretty good about it now. I'm feeling pretty excited because I've addressed all those fears and talked it out with this person. So then the action is that I say yes to going on this hiking date. The result is the date. It went well. Maybe I even had a fun, good, happy time. And then that then ends up with your belief changing from, I can't go on hiking dates to, I can go on hiking dates and I can even have a fun, good time on a hiking date. Yeah. So now the next time it comes up, my thought will be changed around the whole cycle.
1: And that's really what we're trying to get at here because we can look at our thoughts through the lenses of, I guess, I, w- I wouldn't want to say negativity, but Fears and disgust and anger, or we can look at it through a lens of joy. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, we're not going to find joy in everything. Oh, my partner yelled at me. I love the way that she <laughs> sounds when she's yelling, you know, but there's that's when you got to dig down to find other roots, right? right? But if you're changing, if you're doing all of these steps to make the changes in your thought process, when you go back to that original thought You can change things in a way which make your end result better. Exactly. And you do that more often. And now we're walking up that spiral again. And instead of spiraling down into a pit of despair, we're spiraling up and having so many great, amazing experiences. It just keeps going and going and going. And in that way, if you have a bad experience, you've had enough positively reinforced experiences that say, okay, this wasn't the end of all things. It was just a bump in the road. And this is something I can learn from and get better as a result of. Exactly. Yeah. Because what we're trying to do here is realize that what we think impacts how we feel. And if we want to feel good more, we need to think good more. <laughs> there was no intelligent sounding way Man, of saying No, it.
0: you did not roll a good intelligence modifier there.
1: <laughs> no, but we need to think good thoughts and we need to find ways to turn a potentially bad scenario into a good result.
0: We want to learn how to flip the switch. We want to change our negative thoughts to positive thoughts. And again, not all the time. But this is something to keep in the back of your mind if you feel yourself in a negative spiral.
1: Right. Oh, and it also one of the big important things to think about is that once you've gone through this little cycle here, you want to learn to let it go once it's resolved. No let matter it what go. it is. Let it go. I wish the world would let that movie go. No. You want to let go of you know the feelings that built up to it, especially if they were fear or anger or these things because if you're holding on to them you're not really learning in a way that's allowing you to grow freely you're holding on to the past and you're carrying all this painful luggage you know and that's what prevents you from climbing the staircase to happiness faster i don't i don't know
0: yeah that was good that was very visual
1: again i'm tanking this episode
0: (laughs) i think we've covered everything we wanted to cover
1: Oh, probably.
0: <laughs> Maybe we need to get some food it, in Except yeah.
1: for the idea that uh, I'm just...
0: I don't know where you're going.
1: Here's another very important final touch because this is the Lord of the Rings and we're going to have 37 different <laughs> endings anyway. <laughs> that movie legit had like 37 I still
0: need endings. to see it. We need to marathon.
1: Well, I can tell you an ending and it wouldn't be... It would just be one of them, so it wouldn't spoil the end of the movie. Oh, good. Anyway, you want to recognize and celebrate all the positive emotions. Whether you're processing junk or not, like, if you have a positive emotion, if you have a positive feeling, take a moment and pause and recognize that and then celebrate it. You and I might be walking and driving, I don't know, (laughs) and we're having a tough time. Maybe we're you know, frustrated with each other or something's going on or we're dealing with our own personal hurt or whatever. And I happen to see a bird out the window doing bird things. (laughs) I always stop and I'm like, oh, look at that bird. Be like the bird. That bird's awesome. Like, look at him doing bird things and and just flapping around and tweeting all day. (laughs) He's on Twitter. No, not that tweeting. (laughs) You know, I take that moment to be like, oh, that made me feel good. Like, that bird... Mm -hmm. Really brighten my day up. So no matter how big or small, if you're having these positive emotions, celebrate that, recognize that. Because the more you can do that, the more you can recognize and celebrate the great things in your life. And you'll spend more time thinking and working on those. And you'll start forgetting about all the things you're supposed to feel negative about.
0: Well, it's the same concept as finding the tiny little things in your daily life to be grateful for. Yeah, it's that gratitude practice, right? Small things, from you know, I'm grateful for the bird that hung on my feeder outside my window today. Yeah. Or I'm grateful for the beautiful sunset I saw over the trees. You know, small things, of course. There's big things. I'm super grateful for the phone call I got with my surgery scheduled. Yeah. But there's a ton of small things, and if we're not looking for them in our daily life, we're going to miss them. So you have to open up your eyes a little bit and pay attention to all those teeny tiny little daily things.
1: Well, and that goes, I've been having a lot of abstract thoughts, (laughs) especially this month, for at least this year. And, I mean, I'm talking abstract, and we're not going to get into all of that here, but what you just said brings back some of that is that what you look for you find Mm -hmm. and this is your reality if you want your reality to be good look for the good right because you would be more inclined to find that and the more you get in the habit of seeing that the more you're gonna get it Mm -hmm. and that probably sounds pretty flipping out there but i mean it works
0: I think it's a great concept that we should end this episode on.
1: Yeah, let's end this episode. (laughs) Be done. Go get some food.
0: (laughs) We're so glad you are still tuning in with us. We love each and every one of you.
1: Yes, indeed.
0: And we will see you next Tuesday.
1: All right. Bye, Polly fan.
0: Thank you for talking your Polly off with Bella and Monsina. You can find our Facebook page in the links.
1: Or by searching for I Love Polly and liking the page. Polyamory, get your heart on.
0: You can also find I Love Polly on Instagram and Twitter by searching I Love Polly Cares.
1: If you want us to help you navigate to all of our online presence, check out the show notes or come on over to ilovepolly.org. We would love to hear from you.
0: That's right. And you can get in touch with us by emailing podcast at ilovepolly.org.
1: That's singular podcast, not plural.
0: So until our next discussion, Polly fam...
1: Live like there's no tomorrow.
0: Laugh until it hurts. And
1: And love love without without limits. limits.